Welcome to another exciting episode of Practice What You Teach, a weekly teacher podcast. My name is Mr. Hare, and I am with my two co-hosts, Mr. Moreland. Hello. And Mr. Lumpkin. Hey there. And today we have a special guest host with us. It is the wonderful, the whimsical, and the waxing poetically, Miss Lowry. How are you doing today, Miss Lowry? I'm doing all right. How are you? I am very well. Thank you for asking. We're glad you could join us today. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. So today we're going to go over a couple of different things. We're going to have a quick talk and some introductions. We're going to have some poll results from last week. We're going to lay out the topics of our normal week, and then we're going to go directly into the interesting news stories of the week. Followed by that, we're going to have our burning question, and then we're going to interview Miss Lowry. So first things first, uh, we are getting started with basketball season. So if you get an opportunity, everyone get out and support the team. We are now rolling into the winter section of our sport. So please make sure everyone get out there and support Manassas Park High School student athletes. Now, I want to catch up for the past week. Mr. Mullen, uh, it's going to be a short week this week, but how are things going? They're going well. Uh, both classes that I'm teaching right now are doing projects for the last two days of the uh, month of November before Thanksgiving break. Uh, my 11th grade class is doing propaganda projects and my 10th grade class is doing Taming of the Shrew projects. So we just wanted to make a, a final assessment, you know, project-based assessment for both classes for the end of the unit, the third unit for each class. And when we get back from break, we're going to be going into the last unit uh, for both classes and winding down the end of the semester. So the second semester is about to start next year coming, and uh, it'll be interesting to see the new students we get and uh, see what works for them and what new ideas we come up with. Mm -hmm. That's right. We got these two days this week, three weeks in December, two weeks off, and then three weeks, and we're done with this, this uh, semester, and we're going into the second half of the year. It's very exciting. Mr. Uh, Lumpkin, how's everything going in your class this week? It's actually going really well. Um, the scheduling got kind of funky here last week, and I was trying to get the benchmark for the last test in for the SOL course for Earth Science. And last week, with things kind of kind of pushed a little bit further, so I had them coming in and doing their benchmarks today. I always hate giving a test on a Monday, but with it being a two-day week, it's not much option. So we were working through that. They worked with me really well, and I appreciate it. Um, so much to be able to get through that so we can get through all of the requirements as we move on because yeah that end of the semester is coming up really quickly uh we got that test done for the most part some people still trying to get through it and then we're getting into our projects which will be our third to last big project because once we get into december it's going to be project one week and project another week and we're just going to keep going from there to try and build up some stuff as we get to the sol excellent miss lowry we got a short week this week two days what you got going on in your classroom? Uh, well, my 11th graders, we are, well, we're trying to finish the crucible. We'll see if that actually happens. But, you know, it's still, it's still good conversation as we read. And kids are very, they, they found some nice links between then and now, mm. which is awesome. Uh, ninth grade, we are prepping to read Romeo and Juliet. We'll start right after Thanksgiving. Very exciting stuff. So we all want to go into our interesting news stories of the week. We've got three good ones. I don't know if Ms. Lowry's got one, but if she does have one, we'll go over that. I want to start with Mr. Moreland. What have you got for us in the good news section? Well, uh, anybody ever been to Waffle House? I have been to a Waffle House mm -hmm. many a Sunday morning. <laughs> I have not. I, I usually go to Denny's or IHOP. They just opened one in Virginia Beach. Well, I'll have to go check it out, man. I'm down there sometime. But... Uh, <clears throat> 
Uh, there was a young man at a Waffle House in Alabama, I believe. Let me check. Yep, Birmingham, Alabama. And it was midnight, so I guess they didn't th thought, think that anybody would be going to Waffle House that late. But anybody who is familiar with those kind of restaurants knows that's not actually the case. Right, yes. There. <laughs> no, yes. That's when it starts to really get busy. So there's 30 <laughs> people coming in the restaurant, and there's only one guy working there. And he was having a hard time because he basically had to do every job in the restaurant by himself. He had to cook the food, clean the food. Did you want to cut that? Yes, we can. Well, this is live, so right. I guess we're going to do it live. Anyways, right. after cleaning the food, what did he do next, Mr. Morley? Well, he cooked the food, cleaned the dishes. He uh, cleaned the restaurant, you know, had a bus tables. He had to run the register all by himself, which, you know, for 30 people coming in the restaurant, you're all by yourself. That's a, a tough job to do. So a couple of customers saw that he was struggling, and instead of, like, walking out or getting mad or being like, you know, what's going on? How come there's only one person working? They went around the counter, started helping out. One guy started washing dishes. Uh, one lady started, you know, making coffee and, and taking orders and busting tables. And she was wearing like a sequin dress too. She looked like she was dressed for like some kind of fancy occasion. She's back there working at the Waffle House. So they all pitched in to help him out. Another guy helped out and uh, guy took pictures of it. And I'm sure you can see that on the link. That it we'll will be in the show notes. Show <clears throat> notes, yeah. And uh, I just thought it was really cool that, uh, you know, this guy – Went to work, probably thought he was going to, you know, have a rough night. And then people actually stepped up and helped him out. I mean, I used to work retail and uh, we had a couple of days where it was a skeleton crew, and, you know, a couple of people working and uh, nobody ever offered to help us. But, you know, it's not a typical thing that happens. It's it's really unique and interesting that these people stepped up and uh, helped a guy out. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It's good to hear that even if you go to work late at night, someone will be there to have your back. Mr. Lumpkin, uh, you've got some good news here. I want to make sure I'm reading this right. Well, hope she finds her way down there. I sure hope she does. I, I want to make sure I'm reading this right. Sugar meteorites? Yes. Well, maybe not as delicious as it might sound. So, uh, well, the question for how life got to Earth has always been kind of one of those bigger questions that we feel like we'll never quite have the right answer for. We can just come up with ideas on like how life formed how these different things that we needed for life to form here got here and why they are on other planets. Uh, an international team of scientists ended up researching this, trying to find like the, the ingredients that come up for making life. One of the most important ones being organic sugars, which are carbon chains, hydrogen chains and stuff that doesn't really happen too often in nature beyond the life. Uh, it turns out coming from these scientists that they've been able to find, or at least from studies that analyzing three different meteorites, they were able to find the evidences for sugars that were actually present on meteorites that had fallen to Earth. So we're, they're going through and kind of looking for this evidence of different ways that the like the ingredients for life would have found their ways here. And this would be a really big one to help explain that hmm. uh, for those like original carbons and original hydrogens and everything else here. Because when they were first formed from meteorites and asteroids, we really just assumed it was just a big <laughs> destructive blob of just burnt metal and every other silicate and oxygen other element going together uh, we were trying to answer where a lot of this bio essentials life essential uh, essential stuff for life to be able to form came from and it looks like certain meteorites might be more common than we think for these sorts of materials to be out there yeah seems pretty sweet i thought the same thing <laughs> I, this would really revolutionize our understanding of where life came from mm -hmm. and it, you know they, they always say, or I like to tell my students, we are 
the product of Stardust and to know that we came from outer space would be good news. So I've got a new story. Uh, this is about ultra fast quantum simulations. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what they've done now, uh, some researchers over at the uh, Oxford University, they have come up with a way to do quantum experiments in simulation form at rapid speed. This will kind of enhance our understanding by allowing us to do multiple long-term experiments very quickly using computer simulation. I'm excited for this. As you all know, I'm hoping we get as close as we can to that quantum computer. As uh, someone who is super interested in this, having the ability to create quantum systems is going to be very interesting. I'm excited to see that now we're able to see how all this is going to go right from a laboratory where we can just create the simulation and boom, see how it goes. So this is exciting for me. I want to see more. I want more. And I'm, I'm hoping that we can have uh, that quantum computer in everyone's home, hopefully by the time uh, my son's old enough to use a computer. Mm -hmm. It'd be a, a quantum leap if that were the case. It <laughs> would. We can even we can learn one thing about another. What a great That's TV right. show. Chris Lowry, do you have a new story for us? Um, I do not. I'm sorry. That's okay. We're just glad you're here because we always try to do we try to always give our guests the opportunity to say, hey, I've got a new story too. That way you can go ahead and give one and go on from there. Now, I'd like to go directly into our interview with Miss Lowry, if you don't mind. Okay. We have five questions we'd like to ask all of our guests. So first things first, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Havertown, Pennsylvania. It's like right outside Philly. Okay, good. Where did you go to school? Uh, well, in Havertown, it's the Haverford School District. So my elementary school was called Chatham Park, uh, Haverford Middle School, Haverford High School. Um, and then for college, I went to Westchester University. Um, I was part of the marching band. Uh, I went for secondary English education. So technically it was two majors in one, which was awesome. <laughs> lots of work, lots of papers to write. Um, but actually fun fact, did you know that this past year, the Westchester University marching band, the incomparable Golden Rams, actually won the Sudler Trophy. Congratulations. It's the first D2 school to win to win this trophy. Now, this is the award that's awarded to marching bands that you can only win it once, but it's one of the premier examples of marching uh, at its finest, right? Essentially the Heisman Trophy. That's nice. awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. I know. they Those kids worked so hard, um, and especially all the staff as well. Well, that's so, excellent. It's always good to hear that. What inspired you to go into education? Uh, Surprisingly enough, I had a lot of really good teachers. Um, the one, and honestly, I was not an avid reader until about fifth grade. Um, surprise, surprise, English teacher who didn't like books. Um, but there was a, one teacher, his name was Mr. Cardarelli, great uh, teacher. I mean, he was, I talked to him later and he told me that my year was his first year there. Um, but he really brought books to life. And then I had a history teacher, Miss Festuca, who she did quite a few interesting projects. Like we literally went out on a dig. We had a big sandbox. We had to create a whole different culture and then bury it in the sand, like break them all apart, bury it in the sand and then go dig it up. Like so, archeology span almost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. So, but like those types of teachers are all through Haverfords. And I, I'm sure, I'm sure there are still teachers just like that. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So speaking from there, what got you inspired to go education? As an educator, what do you think the role of a school is? 
honestly, school, like the role in, of school and teachers is really just to expand minds. Um, I continuously ask my kids, why? Or what do you think? And do you know how many kids come back to me and they go, nobody's ever asked us that question before. I'm sure you have. I'm sure everybody has. However, it's, it's really quite interesting to hear them. Like they just want to know, well, what's the right answer? What answer do you want? And so really the role of school is to ask them, what do you think? And really just to make them question everything or start to, or at least try to question right, everything. Yeah. yeah, the earliest known school, at least in the Western sense of it, the academy, it's very important that they ask kind of the Socratic method. And I've seen sitting in Mr. Moreland's classroom, I've seen him do that. When I came to see you, Ms. Lowry, I've seen you do that. And Mr. Lumpkin, I know you've done it in your earth science class, but it's always a question of everything that you do can be questioned. And for students in their context, it's taking a test. Oh, everything I do is question is the right answer, go away. So it is nice to see a open-ended question get to them and then they remember it. <clears throat> and finally, and this is the fifth and it's really important to me. Um, I was a, I was a avid reader as a kid. I know, humble brag. But um, <laughs> what are three books that influenced you that you would recommend to the student body? Um, okay, so it's not, so I'm gonna break the rule. The Harry Potter series, like the entire series, um, I would suggest just because there are so many life lessons and yeah, you can read it once and read just the story surface level. But even like even deeper than that, it talks about friendship and being able to stand up to both friends and like and enemies, really. Um, it just has a lot of life, a lot of good life lessons. I think that's a good choice. Uh, one of the things that I always took as very interesting is it's for the first four or five books, Harry Potter is seen as he's the chosen one with the scar on his face. He was the one he tried to kill. And everyone kind of went from there. But what they never tell you is until like the sixth or seventh book is that Neville was Neville. also Neville was also born around that time and had things broke the other way because his parents were also a part of the resistance and were murdered. Mm, they had the Imperious Curse. Don't judge me. I have a lot of knowledge. Yep. That's the Imperious fine, Curse, right. and they were technically like they're technically still alive, but they're just crazy in the loony bin. Right. They were removed from ne from Neville's life. Right. And in a, in a in a most violent way. If it had turned just one way differently, he the book could have been about him. True. And not about Harry. And that's an important point that they hammer on. That Harry thinks like I'm not the chosen one. He is the chosen one. And it even showed when Neville pulled the sword out, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Forgive me. I, I read these books many moons ago. Agreed. Same here. <laughs> so my memory is not so great. But tell me, what's your second book? Um, <clears throat> so Or series of books. So Neil Gaiman has a fantastic, um, they're, they're graphic novels. It's the Sandman series. Um, and it's, so it's a graphic novel. It's, but I actually started on the, with the third one, I think it's called The Dollhouse. And then I had to go back to reread the first two and then read the rest of it. And it, yes, it's very disturbing, but it's all about the about death. And the, the Sandman character who is perceived as like, essentially a ruiner of everybody. And like his, his journey. 
Now, let me make sure I have his name. Neil Gaiman? Gaiman. G-A-I-M-A-N. And your third and final book or series of books. Um, so this was actually, it's a legit book. Um, so Neil Gaiman actually has another one called American Gods. Now, which is a TV show that yeah. they just started with. It is starring a one uh, a Orlando Jones I know from it. the 7-Up commercials. <laughs> I know this. He's so this great. Book. This is a really good set of books. I actually read the first one. Um, I really liked it a lot. Um, I especially like the uh, themes of women empowerment because a lot of the goddesses in there are more than just what they appear. Correct. And mm -hmm. they're, they're duplicitous. There is one that is duplicitous, but they are multifaceted and they're very deep characters. And I like them a lot, mm -hmm. particularly the one that consumes other people. She was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know more, read the book now. <clears throat> From there, I, I want to go right into our burning question. Um, with Thanksgiving coming up in a couple days, we're all going to sit around and eat good food, be around good people, and enjoy good times. So as our burning question for the week, what are you thankful for? Mr. Moreland, let's start with you. What are you thankful for this week? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I think a lot of people look at, you know, things that they have and – things that they want and things that they need. I mean, there's the whole Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I don't mean to get all education here, but uh, I guess this is a teacher podcast. This is a <laughs> weekly teacher podcast. But the basic needs of, of, you know, human beings is, what is it? Uh, food, shelter, and uh, what? Safety, I guess. Food, right? shelter, water, I assume. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the basics, like actual physical things that we need for us to survive. Mm -hmm. And so like when you think about what you're thankful for, I mean, if you have those things, you have the basic necessities and not everybody in the world has those things. So I'm thankful that I have those. I'm thankful that I uh, live in a country that provides me with, you know, the basic, you know, inalienable rights that we have under the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. And not everybody has those things. Not even everybody in the, in the developed world has those things. I mean, you think of like Europe and Canada and, you know, Mexico and places like that as being, you know, relatively modern countries, but they don't have the same rights that we do. And I'm thankful that I, I do. And I'm thankful that, you know, I live in a country where you don't have to worry about food. I mean, you can get food in a grocery store, in a restaurant, you know, it's on demand pretty much. And even, you know, in the relatively recent past in this country, that wasn't always the case, you know, I mean, 1920s, you know, that's, that's about a hundred years back, but it's still kind of relatively recent. I, mean, I had relatives that lived in that time period, you know, so I'm thankful for that. You know, I'm thankful for, you know, a lot of things, but uh, the holidays coming up, people tend to think about, you know, what you want to get somebody for a gift or what you want to get as a gift. And I was talking to my wife about that. And I was thinking, well, we don't really need anything. I mean, there's not really anything that we need. And I remember one year, my mom, my mom asked me what I wanted for Christmas. And I told her, get something for one of the, you know, there's the angel trees. You can get gifts for kids in need. I said, just get one of those and, and that'll be my gift. It'd be more to me if you help somebody else out that actually needs things than getting me something that I, I don't really need. And so I'm thankful that I have a, a life situation where I, I can feel that way. I mean, I'm not a wealthy guy, but I, I'm not, you know, I don't want for anything. Mm. And that's not 
that's not something that can't be said for everybody. And my situation may change, but even if it does, even if I go down and, and, you know, maybe hit rough times, at least I'll have, you know, the ability to have food, water, shelter, you know, and my family. And that's, that's something that I think I'm most thankful for that a lot of people are too, but they just don't think about it usually when they, doesn't come to when the they form, think uh, about yeah. what they're thankful for maybe. You know, it's really important for you to take stock in that manner. And I appreciate you bringing that perspective to our little discussion here. And uh, I'm glad you could bring that to us. I'm mm -hmm. thankful for you to do that. Mr. Lumpkin, uh, I know we talk about it all the time, what we're thankful for as science guys. We have mm -hmm. a kinship in that. But tell me, what are you thankful for? Well, I appreciate Moreland's taking it, going with the hierarchy when he's going from the bottom up. But I, I think I need to take it from the top down a little bit. So it's not hierarchy of needs. Which one is the one that speaks to self-actualization, becoming or being the like the mental what you want to be or where you want to be in life i don't remember exactly which philosophy that is i'm not sure exactly i know there's uh <clears throat> the mcgregor's theory of x and y i think and then there's um argus's theory where you go from immaturity to maturity i don't remember exactly i know we talked about it a while back and it might have been with denny during the uh the, the high trust stuff mm -hmm. that we did but getting towards the point where you're you're achieving things and, and meeting your needs at that higher philosoph philosophical level and meeting and accomplishing things that actually make you feel good uh, these past two weeks with me and, and my wife actually have been kind of tough for various different personal things going on and i've seen a lot in her recently that i've been trying to help out and i'm really thankful that i can be in a position where not only do I have those very basic needs met, but I can also be there to try and help out other people's needs. I'm very thankful that I'm at a place in my life now where I have the benefit of being able to take on hobbies, to be able to do stuff that's just for the sake of making myself feel good and to spend time with other people. Like recently, I've gotten into the hobby of wargaming and painting and doing miniatures and stuff, which from the offset and looking at it from backed out, seeing it as kind of a... Uh, it ends up really looking like a very materialistic thing, but it, for me, I'm very thankful that it's brought me together with a lot of people that I probably would have never met in my life and given me a sense of satisfaction for doing something, giving me that, that hobby, something to do with my time that's beyond what I used to do, which, no shame the video gaming, but that was really, literally what I looked forward to when I was going home was sitting and clicking a mouse for three or four hours, and that wasn't really fulfilling for me. And I've gotten to a point where I can have that fulfillment I'm uh, spreading and sharing with my people. And um, I, I'm really thankful for that, mostly because I'm seeing how that's, I'm really lucky to have that hobby, to have that outward interest and in being able to um, indulge that while also trying to help other people find something that helps get them to that higher level of self-actualization, of finding something that brings them joy for something to look forward to. Cause that was the discussion me and my wife had last night was that she's at a point now where she works so often, she has trouble finding something that she wants to do when she gets home to find something that she can look forward to. And I, I hope that I can find something for her with that. Cause you know, yeah. And that's awesome. I think again, you know, even though we always told to commodify our time and if we're not working, then we're losing. I think there's something to be said for an activity that you do with yourself for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you have one of the, I've seen your Warhammer art. It's amazing. I know you just recently won a competition, yeah. which was really? very impressive. Yeah. I got best painted. I didn't get, I didn't uh, place in the fantastic. full thing. But yeah. He's very modest, but his work artwork is, is outstanding. And I do want 
you know, I'm glad you have that. And hopefully you'll be able to find something with your wife. Um, you should be able to find something you guys can do together. And I just, hope to, so. just to piggyback off of that, I think a lot of the kids that are in game club especially are, are really thankful for having the environment to be able to, to you know, be introduced to these kind of, of games and, and have the social interaction that we have in there. I mean, I was talking to my wife about it over the weekend. I said, I think game club really does help a lot of the students in there, like have a lot of memories, social interactions, and, you know, they have a place to hang out and, you know, it's really cool to see the kids show up and, uh, you know, actually interact with each other, play the games. And there's something to be said about that. I mean, you could play online, you know, with video games these days, mm -hmm. but having, yeah, having people in the same room with you and like playing the same game and like, you know, having fun, uh, it's something that I think is missing in society today. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm glad that we have a place for students to experience the same kind of things that we experienced when we were kids, at least me with the arcades that, you know, are, are few and far between these days. Arcades are extinct or so, on life support. And so are land parties, which are more so where we're, our hearts oh, are still at goodness. back. I know, I know. Well, <laughs> I am very sad at the death of the land like parties. The then that's what we're trying to come back. We're cycling around. I miss land parties. But I want to ask our guest, Miss Lowry, what are you thankful for? Um, honestly, I, well, I mean, you guys kind of covered quite a bit. Um, but really spending time with people, like being able to. This past weekend, I went up to Philly to visit my family, also to go shopping for Thanksgiving. Don't judge me. Prices are this is a judgment-free zone. Yeah, zone but thank you for sharing. <laughs> Um, and I found out that my aunt is in the hospital. So it was nice to like, just to go over and see her, to spend a couple hours with her. And then my godmother who, well, all right. So her mother, so great aunt, I don't, family friend, her mother. Understood. It, Italians, we call everybody aunt and uncle. And such. Of course. Um, but we got, I really got to spend some time with them and that really meant a lot to me. Um, and then honestly, some of the kids, my lovelies, some of them just make my day. So Excellent. it's nice. To, I'm very thankful for some of them. Well, good. I'm glad you were able to have that trip. I'm glad you were able to have that time with your mother or some of your family member. Um, it's always good to see family no matter where they are. Um, <clears throat> I'm thankful. I'm actually thankful for a lot of things. Um, I'm uh, as I age, I've become more contemplative, but I, I'm thankful for my family. Uh, my family is growing. Uh, so I'm able to have my wife and my son. Hopefully we'll have more children in the future. I, I'm thankful for all of uh, my students. I tell my students this on a daily basis, but I care deeply about them and want to see their future success. Uh, I have already foreseen it. All that's left is for them to go do it. Um, I'm thankful for my colleagues. Uh, uh, not many people would put up with me. And I'm fortunate <laughs> that my colleagues do willingly in most cases. Of so, course, you dance with me on Fridays. Every Friday. <laughs> it's, one, it's a highlight of my week. Uh, I'm very grateful uh, for my colleagues. They have been just, this has been a phenomenal experience being with them and being in an educational environment as a teacher. I'm very grateful for that. Um, and, and finally, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to every morning see another sunrise and then know that I'm gonna use that time to participate in what is one of the most giving occupations. Uh, as a teacher, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to at a minimum, if all I'm doing is giving my time, that is time to a student who is not able to share that time with a loved one. So they don't have a parent with them when they're in school. They don't have a family member unless you have a sibling running around the school. But they're here with me 
and in the stead of their family, they have me. So I, I take it very seriously and I'm, I'm thankful to be able to do that. So with all that being said, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're gonna have our poll results and our final thoughts. We're back and we're still talking about a couple of different things. Mr. Moreland, you've got poll results for us. Is that correct? Yes. What's so we had a staggering response to the poll last week. Three people. That's excellent. That's what I like to hear. answered the poll. And what was that poll? It was, uh, which video game system do you prefer? Xbox One got zero votes. I don't like this at all. <laughs> PlayStation 4 got zero votes. Now, I have a PlayStation 4. I know you have the Xbox. I do have an Xbox. I have not played my PlayStation 4 in a while. There are some games that are exclusive to the PlayStation that I, I like, but I've been all about the Fire Emblem right now, so that's why I've been playing the Switch. I've seen you playing I, that, yeah, by at the like way. 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was the weekend, so. That's fair. Uh, but the Nintendo <laughs> Switch got one vote, and it wasn't me, so don't you know, think it was. Well, so they got 33% second place Nintendo Switch. But first place with two votes. And this is just shows how important voting is, guys, because even one vote can make a difference. That's right. So gaming PC slash laptop got two votes. And I think, you know what? That's probably because it's the universal system. Mm. Everybody has a laptop. Until you need to change those drivers. Yep. Yeah. Except for this school. I mean, the students in this school all have laptops. And I've seen some of them playing games on their laptops. So maybe that's what they think. What? They're thinking, well... Okay, I can play the Mario Brothers game on my laptop, although it's not as good as the actual real one. It is not as good as the original. They can play uh, a lot of other weird-looking games on there. Roblox. Uh, but, yeah, so that's the one that won with two votes. And our poll this week is a Thanksgiving poll. And we actually had a debate off the air about this because there was, like, a lot of different discussions about which foods to choose. But it's Thanksgiving this Thursday, in case you didn't know. Uh, and our poll this week asks, which traditional Thanksgiving dish is your favorite? Choice number one, of course, is the stereotypical choice turkey. <laughs> choice number two is ham, for those of you who don't like turkey. Uh, choice number three is sweet potatoes. And that's with or without the marshmallows on top. No marshmallows. No marshmallows. I actually like all the marshmallows. When I was a kid, I did not like sweet potatoes, so I would eat the marshmallows, and then I would leave the rest. <laughs> and then finally, we have option four, which is pie. Now, this could be pumpkin. It could be Mr. Hare. What did you suggest? Uh, I I actually suggested a different dessert. Oh, but it wasn't even pie. It wasn't okay. even pie. But it could be any pie, apple pie, uh, peach cobbler, um, pecan pie. Sweet potato pie. Now, is it pecan pie or or pecan. 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 How, like, what about like an American what about says pecan, it, like pecan, pecan. Or pecan. Pecan. Again, why so just combine? We have two <laughs> English teachers in here. Let's ask the two English teachers what they think. I say it the way I want to say. It. And how do you say it, Miss Lowry? Which I don't even know how that is. Really, I just you know. Pecan pie. You leave me be. Pecan. I'm from Philly. <laughs> pecan or pecan. I really feel like I, it depends on how it's used. I just say so it if it's pie, ways. it's one way, and if you're eating them raw, it's another. Maybe. <laughs> no. I How say it's used it, in the sentence. I uh, say it differently just so that people get confused, and then that way they can agree or disagree. Just to be clear, really that's what he's doing. He's confusing everybody. 
Yes, but that's the point. <clears throat> now, I don't want people who don't eat these kind of foods to feel left out. So if you eat something else, if you say, Mr. Mullen, I eat duck on Thanksgiving, that's fine. Make a comment in the poll and say what you eat. Now, you can follow, find that poll and follow us at PWUT Podcast or PWUT Podcast. You can find us at PWUT Podcast to answer the poll and leave us a comment. So you can do all of that there on Twitter. Uh, we don't have any other social media. We just have the Twitter. Isn't that right, Mr. Mullen? That's right. We are only on Twitter, which, you know, if you're on Twitter too, check us out. Because so far, it's only been one vote or two votes that have made the decisions on the polls. And it's up to you guys. you got to fight for your right to vote oh, in the PWUT <laughs> uh, poll. At P-What Podcast or P-What? P-What Podcast. So that brings us to the end of our episode. Once again, guys, thank you for joining us. Since we're going to have some extra days this week, we should uh, smash it up. What do you think? I'm into it. And you, and by that, you mean play Smash Brothers on the Super Nintendo Smash Brothers, Brothers Ultimate Switch. on the Nintendo Switch. Yes, mm, that's yes. <laughs> and uh, that would be great. Let's see if Miss Lowry Mario Kart week. as well and Mario Tennis. I know Video Game Club... We had a request uh, to get Mario Tennis in. That would be very interesting. So I will fun. be making that happen. Is Toon Link in Mario Tennis? Unfortunately, no. I'm but only Waluigi playing games with Toon Link. Link well, I will play with Sonic. I am only playing <laughs> games that have Toon Link in them. So, Well, <clears throat> if you squint, Waluigi looks kind of like Link. Oh no, he doesn't. <laughs> he looks like a lanky version you of Wario. you got to squint. I don't know that that's how that works. And then pretend he's wearing green instead of purple. Oh, okay. And then it'll work. Oh, okay. So you got to use your imagination. Yeah. Well, for all that, I could just play the games that I know he's in. <laughs> it was, what's the fun in that? I have a lot of fun in playing those games. <laughs> yeah, but I you love can't those play games. tennis. That's true. But of course, we'd like to thank you all for listening to us. Uh, Practice What You Teach is a weekly teacher podcast where we go once a week and talk about the issues of our particular school and discuss amongst ourselves. We will be back after the holiday. So look for us after that. Again, to get all the information, you can follow us at PWUT Podcast or what? At PWUT Podcast. <laughs> I'd like to thank Ms. Lowry for joining us. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. We would love to have you again. Congratulations to your school and winning their prestigious award. Thank you. And we'd like to thank all of you out there listening to us. So thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>